We're here to talk baseball. What do y'all think? This is the last last weekend of baseball. We were talking. I was talking earlier with the Bruce over here. And uh, how you get your five thirty start. You get up about seven seven thirty on Sunday morning. Scratch your ass, your butt, excuse me. And uh, sometimes uh, I've tried to avoid things for thirty two years. And you know when your brain starts breaking, <laughs> breaking down. <laughs> I got to laugh at myself. You know, then you, you watch the Ryder Cup, and then, hey, it's football. You might want to put it on Golf Channel now. You can see the opening ceremony. Oh. Well, after, it's on USA Network, I believe. Oh, is it? I don't know. I think the opening ceremony may be Golf Channel. But you, US, Golf Channel. USA is carrying. What's Golf Channel's channel number? On Comcast, it's 849. 849. I watch it all the time. Just couldn't remember the number. All right, let's see. There it is, Golf Channel, and bada boom, bada bang, live from the Ryder Cup. There you go. The opening ceremony. There you go. All right, you want to you want to sit over here, and I'll get over there, and you can watch it. Huh? I'll switch seats with you. <laughs> no, I, I I got the word from the horse's mouth about the opening ceremony, and he would not be available for a call into the big house. Who, who won't be available? Uh, Mr. Watkins. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like you asked him that. I did. Oh, you did. Why is he not available? Because he's at the opening ceremony. Well, they got phones in Rome. I understand that. But he's up on that stage. <laughs> well, take a pause, dog. You know, one, one time I was in Rome, I was at the Roman Coliseum, right? And, I, and there's a guy dressed like a, a Roman soldier outside the Coliseum. He whips out his cell phone and starts talking. I said, well, here we go. This is kind of fun. You mean Julius Caesar didn't do that? <laughs> I think his phone it was a Samsung and it broke or something. I don't know. All right, guys. How excited are y'all on a 1 to 10 here? About the Ryder Cup? No, about the horse racing in in uh, in Lexington, Kentucky this weekend. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. Do you? Uh, does this fire you up? When it's close, going come on. The, when it's close, going into it's Sunday, USA. I really, I really enjoy it. <clears throat> and I will say this: now, Steve has been the uh, Ryder Cups. He may disagree with me. I think the quasi Olympics aspect of the Ryder Cup is a little overblown. <laughs> it's a big corporate event. Those guys. Everything uh, is now, John. Yeah, but the, the, it's, it's not like, you know, the, the reason they're there is to attend all these receptions and meet with all the tour sponsors. I mean, it's, 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 it, that is the, like one of the biggest things that happens there. And I think the, uh, the whole like, us versus them thing was kind of peaked in the 70s and the 80s when Europe started making serious uh runs at winning it i mean before then yeah. when it was just u.s versus great britain and ireland europe uh, the brits hardly ever won and well, they, since 79 they're 11 9 and 1 i believe they, they have the, they're right. beating us since they've added the continent uh they have uh, they're slightly over 500 but you don't get juiced up because it's the usa versus europe no, the patriotism, just, the fun of it all. Everything is corporate, John. You go to a football game, it's corporate. I'm just telling you, that's one of the reasons that Tiger Woods didn't care so much for the Ryder Cup. And he thought uh, if you uh, read between the lines of a lot of what he had to say about it when he was playing, too many, too many mandatory parties, not enough like team time, that kind of stuff. Well, he's being, very focused. I mean, he's always very he focused. He just didn't like it. 
And uh, I just think that the whole country, you know, we're playing for flag and country. I think that's just a little overblown. Uh, I, I like it. I like it for flag and country. Well, I just don't. I, I mean, for some players, it definitely is, but for others, it isn't. Steve? Well, this morning's uh, paper article by Doug Ferguson, it's a great article, and it features uh, Lanny as the best Ryder Cup player, American Ryder Cup player ever. And Who is? Lanny Watkins. Really? Oh, yeah. He's right up there if he isn't the best. <laughs> well, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, he's got a great record. The consensus from those who played with him was that Lanny Watkins was the best Ryder Cup player. And that's that's in the article. But you mentioned Tiger Woods, and, and John is correct. Uh, in 2004, when he was being interviewed after he had been shellacked <laughs> uh, by the press, he said, I'm sure all of you guys, speaking to the press, uh, probably know what Jack's record is in the Ryder Cup, right? And nobody said anything. And then Wood said, uh, looking around in the crowded room, anybody know? No. How many majors did he win? Well, he made the point that everybody knew how many majors Jack yeah. won, but he didn't know Jack's Ryder Cup record. But I will disagree. What was it? What was Jack's Ryder Cup record? I think he had a winning record, but it was close to five. Barely? Okay. Yeah. Go uh, ahead with your thought. You know, Lanny, I think, has the best percentage uh, win-lose record of any uh, uh, American. He doesn't have the most points. I think only... Phil Mickelson has more more points than him, but I disagree somewhat with John. It is a corporate type of atmosphere, <laughs> but you know, I read an article the other day that in what was it seventy nine when they were at Greenbrier, only three thousand people showed up. I I, rem, I remember that. Jeez, I remember that very well because I talked to Lanny that week and I said, "Are you playing this week?" I, I was not even on the radar. I said, "Yeah, I'm playing in the uh, Ryder Cup and up at the Greenbrier." And he played with Larry Nelson. And dusted Seve Ballesteros three times. I mean, people, act, people act like Seve <laughs> Ballesteros never lost a Ryder Cup match. He lost a bunch of Ryder Cup uh, matches. Uh, he was there, you know, inspirational um, leader. But I heard Zach Johnson talking earlier this week. said his job is to keep the players away from these uh, distractions, such as the corporate events, the dinners, and let them focus on what they do best. So I think they're focused. It's, it's a big deal, but... I think playing at home in uh, Europe on paper to me looks as good as America looks. So I, I, I think it's in their favor. Uh, well, yeah, I agree with Tiger Woods and, and anyone else that said, "Look, we're here to play golf. We're here to. This is what we need to focus on." But, I mean, he's always so super focused on what he, on golf. Always uh, the corporate tent uh, thing is is uh, yeah. I, I don't. But that's you know who's paying the freight, right? Yeah, it's, uh, but it's not the Olympics, and uh, you know, like that's they play, corporate. They play a lot of national anthems. Although now that uh, Britain has <laughs> dropped out of the European Union, I'm not really sure how they're going to work that, because they used to play that uh, the uh, the uh, the blue and gold Euro Union flag everywhere. But Britain's not in they that. They got anymore. the Union Jack back. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's Mick Jagger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Europe has nine countries represented on their team. Ooh. For this, for this Ryder Cup. But the thing is, and John knows it too, they all went to American universities. They all live in Dallas or Houston or Jupiter, Florida. Florida. Yeah. Yep. They all married American wives. And, you know, they're here <coughs> probably nine-tenths of the year, and most of them play on the American tour. So it, it, it's almost, I mean, I, they have a lot of pride and they want to win, but I'm not so sure it's, no more than wanting to win, like I said, on a Saturday morning. I want to win really bad on a Saturday morning, too. I mean, that's why you play. Yeah. Well, yeah you're playing to have fun, but you also want to win. 
I mean, if you've got any kind of competitive streak in you, you want to win playing Saturday morning golf, any and all. There's got to be, I guess, some, some national pride involved here. I would think there yes. is so much uh, for our side because we don't have multiple nationalities on our team. Right. Everybody on our team has a USA passport. Uh, it's a little less so on the European side, yeah. where some of these you know international rivalries. Uh, I think for at least the fans, I think it's hard for a Brit to root for a German, for example. <laughs> Wouldn't you think? Yeah, or a Frenchman to root for a German. That might be, uh, might be a little tough. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult. And yeah. uh, I think some of that works its way into the European equation for the fans. But I agree with Steve. The players are a pretty homogeneous group. Uh, almost all of them played NCAA golf, including their new wonder guy. Um, was his Auberg? Uh, their, uh, their young player who's never played in a major uh, starting his uh, major career in the Ryder Cup. He played four years at Texas Tech. <laughs> I mean, everybody in the U.S. knows about him. Yeah, he uh, was the NCAA Player of the Year four months ago. Right. And uh, it's like, well, I mean, he's just uh, yeah, on his playing. way to becoming another international player who's at home in both the U.S. and Europe. Weren't you an international player? I tried to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a pause. We'll get down to some uh, some uh, grit here, some uh, the rubber meeting the road about the ranking the teams and talking about how uh, they are from 1 to 24, looking at the automatic qualifiers, looking at the chosen ones, and uh, and how they match up, I guess, on the, the world scene, or at least uh, uh, Ryder Cup points, how they're determined, and then you make your, your choices as well. Spieth and Kepka, Morikawa, Burns, Thomas, and Fowler for the U.S., and and on the other side, Fleetwood. Uh, the second guy struck, I think, is Lowry, Shane Lowry. Didn't he win the Irish or the, English, the British Open and do a little dance when he won it and partied for two weeks straight? I like that man. Justin Rose, uh, the guy, was it, how do you pronounce his last name? Auberg? Auberg. Auberg. Uh, Ludwig. Who here in this room remembers Mad King Ludwig's over on Gray Street back in the day? I, that was oh, close to the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. very, very well. Yeah. Okay, you got Mad King Ludwig out there, number 80. And then uh, one more, it looks like he might be from uh, somewhere up in the Scandinavia, the last guy there. Hoiberg or Hoigard. Yeah, whatever Hoygaard. it is. Well, let's, we'll talk about these guys. We'll talk about the schedule. We'll talk about the difference between foursomes and four balls. We'll talk about the ranking 1 to 24. We'll cover it. And if you have an interest in this and you want to talk about it, you want to ask these guys, 327 327-0888. Stay with us. Once eloquently stated, work sucks, I know. Well, we too know that work sucks. And while we may not have roses by the stairs, we do have podcasts of all our shows and interviews available at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Just search ESPN Richmond. Want to hit a home run for you? Right, we're with John Markon, Steve Isaac, Steve Isaac, and Johnny Markon, and we're talking Ryder Cup. Session number one is tomorrow morning, one thirty-five our time, and uh, then that's the foursomes, and then the four ball is at six twenty-five. Steve, you want to take foursomes or four ball and explain it? Well, I'll take foursomes. Can I go right ahead? Because most people don't understand the the nomenclature in regard to. You know, what's being done as opposed to the name. Um, foursomes 
is better described as alternate shot. And in the Ryder Cup, it is pure alternate shot. So there are only two balls in play, one for each side, because each member of the team, the two-man team, is, is playing the same ball. Betting advice? He's got it. Hot takes? He's got plenty. Love for your favorite team? Well, you'll just have to tune in weekday afternoons from 3 to 4 for Border to Border with Matt Josephs to find out how he feels on 1061 ESPN Richmond. We're with John Markon and Steve Ozick. Steve Ozick and Johnny Markon. And we're talking Ryder Cup. Session number one is tomorrow morning, 1.35, our time. And uh, then that's the foursomes. And then the four ball is at 6.25. Steve, you want to take foursomes or four ball and explain it? Well, I'll take foursomes. Go right ahead. Because most people don't understand the, the nomenclature in regard to you know what's being done as opposed to the name um, foursomes is better described as alternate shot and in the Ryder Cup it is pure alternate shot so there are only two balls in play one for each side because each member of the team the two-man team is is playing the same ball they're alternating shots one tees off then the next man hits the next shot and so on <clears throat> and you also have the rule that uh, each member of the team must tee off from either uh, an odd or even hole yeah, as the yeah. as the match uh, progresses, and that that ends up being a lot of strategy. And there's been a lot of talk about the Europeans strategizing better than the Americans uh, in that regard because you want to determine who's going to be hitting the approach shots into green, so who tees off first, and then what the length of the approach shots are. And the, the Europeans, you know, they set up the course also uh, in that regard. So, uh, and you also want to see who is hitting first on the the par three holes. So you need to look at the scorecard, you know, very carefully and determine, you know, are the par threes on the even the odd holes? Is there an imbalance between them? And who's the best iron player? Uh, and you might not necessarily care about who is the longest driver but you want somebody to get it into the fairway so a guy like brian Harmon, who's pretty accurate even though he's shorter than some of these other guys you may want him teeing off uh on more of the par fours so so you you, you don't just pull names out of a hat you got you got to match no, no, these they guys think up. about that uh, yeah uh, unendingly i still um, can't go with whoever put mickelson and in, in woods together that time how sudden yeah that was <laughs> it was kill yeah, got, or be killed there. Yeah, well, they got roadkill. All right, John, what's the four ball exactly? The four ball is the game that most people play at their favorite golf course on Saturday morning. Uh, it's you and uh, me against Steve and Jimmy Laycock, and the best uh, ball of our two is the score we record on that hole. So you play your own ball. You play your You're own ball. ball. Okay. Uh, you know, if you make a four three balls. and everybody else makes a four <laughs> or a five, then you win the hole. Uh, the team play is basically 
The idea is that you should score as low as you can on every hole to help your team. You There's, take your best ball. Right. It's right, a, so, best ball is a, is almost a perfect synonym so, for four ball. Uh, it's a, I shoot a 10, you shoot a, a four, then we take the four. That's right. Uh, Unless we so, want to take the 10 and throw the mat. <laughs> well, hey, if you can go boxing influence and horse racing, why not? Yeah. The, uh, but, yes, Steve looked at me and said, Alf, you know, was, well, didn't say it, but four balls. Everybody's playing their own ball. And that sort of yeah, – that makes sense. Right. No, it's uh, it's, I was uh, like, oh, yeah. uh, Very few American club golfers play uh, alternate shot at any time. It's it's an odd format uh, over here. I don't know. I think it's just as odd elsewhere, but it shows up in the Ryder Cup. But almost everybody's very familiar with best ball slash four ball. It's my understanding that foursomes or alternate shot is played fairly regularly. Uh, in Europe and especially in Scotland and Ireland, where they want to get players around, well, lot, that lot, would make sense. It makes it, you know you go much faster because you only have once again two balls in play as opposed to four balls. Yeah. So you don't have four players running around looking for balls in the rough and yeah. you know everybody waiting for the next person to hit. You can move very quickly and apparently the the Scots and the Irish really like that form of play because you can probably play in two and a half hours. There you go. It is a lot faster. Uh, before one of the Ryder Cups that I covered, I was asked and I very happily played in what they used to call the Ryder Cup. And I was on Team USA <laughs> and we faced off against a bunch of uh, European journalists and uh, we had a condensed Ryder Cup format. We played six holes of alternate shot. Uh, six holes of best ball, and then six holes of one versus one. Now, was this, was this in the local putt putt? Y'all did this? No, it was a golf course uh, close to the Belfry. Okay, uh, in, the near, was, near uh, Birmingham, England, uh-huh. and uh, it was my only international uh, golf appearance. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm proud of having played in it. There you go. Why not? Did you get a a cup or a? Uh, Our he, team did not win, so we did, we got no trophy. Couple of. <laughs> All right, uh, there you go. There's a whole. There's there you go. You got a shot up there where we're looking at Golf Network. Yeah, the and, ceremonies uh, apparently start uh, when your show ends at ten o'clock. Okay, well, y'all are welcome to sit around and watch it. <laughs> the uh, we'll keep it up there. Um, how many of our golfers? And of course, you just talked about the foursomes, and uh, then the four ball which is best ball in your own ball, basically, is what it boils down to from what you all have described to me. Uh, singles on Sunday, and that's the, that's the whole thing. America needs to get 15 points. No, 14 points to win. 14 and a half. half. Well, no, we own the cup, so we can tie and win. That's so right. So if we get 14, we're good, right? At 20, it's 28 points or 20, 20? 28. 20. So if we get 14, we win. You don't win, get, you tie, but you get to keep get, the cup. Well, that's a win, dog, you, to me. You, you, it you, isn't you, to me. It's a tie. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with John. You, what? You retain the You retain cup. the yeah, cup. Somebody has to keep it for two so years. It's, 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 so it's listed as a tie, because they do have ties when you look at the numbers, so you guys are the both right. The players definitely regard it as a tie. Well, you're both right. Yeah. Uh, I like to see it as a win, because we keep the cup, but yes, it is registered as a tie. So 14 and a half is what Europe needs to take the cup back, obviously. All right, what, which of our players, and I gave you a list uh, of automatic, yeah, I'm sure y'all both have them anyway, automatic qualifiers and our uh, our, our chosen ones. Um, how many of these guys will play three? 
play, play three. five or three or uh, was it oh because you got four three okay the max we can play is five right. yeah all right thank you guys uh get a little rusty after two years i get rusty after a day well, this, this event years. only happens once every two yeah, years well all right so how many of our guys will play the maximum five and who do you think what it'll be i i doubt any of them will play five all right uh for the reason that I, it, it, it's mentally uh tough but physically, I understand from what I have read and, and listened to that this is a very demanding course. It's very hilly. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of walking, and you want to keep you guys fresh, especially for the singles on uh, mm-hmm. Sunday. So I, I would think that none of our players uh, will play five. Maybe some of the younger guys uh, will. Uh, Wyndham Clark, who, who's our current U.S. Open champion, he's a rookie. This is his first time. He's one of the younger players, but both teams, this is interesting, the average age for both teams is 30 years. Right. That's young. They Both teams have four rookies, I believe. Uh, in many ways, they're quite equal. Well, our young Lions that uh, were there six, eight years ago are no longer young Lions. Now they got a few gray hairs. Yep. All right. This, it, it, it's a par 72. You talked about the length there, Steve. 72-48. Is, is it the course or is it the length or is it the course and the way it's laid out? I'll let Steve talk first. No, I man, I think it's the, the demographics of the course. And it, this course was redesigned not that long ago, but it was redesigned for, is my understanding, for the Ryder Cup. But it's extremely hilly and it's supposed to be very warm there. It's supposed to be, I mean, actually hot. Uh, that being the case, you get that adrenaline going, but you, you, you well know once that adrenaline stops, you kind of hit the wall. <laughs> and that's another reason I don't think anybody will play uh, five times. You, you may have some players. Well, uh, traditionally, it's the European team that asks the uh, the top guys to play more. Uh, back in the day, the days we were talking about earlier, the Sebi Ballesteros, uh, Alaza Ball, Colin Montgomery era of the Ryder, Faldo. Uh, you know, Faldo, he, he seldom have ever sat out around. But I think now, uh, with this team that they have this year, I'm just looking at the European group, and I don't know if they have anybody that's, like, so essential. Maybe Rory McIlroy mm-hmm. that you say, we're going to send him out every session. Some, you know, we, we, we're not at our best unless Rory's out there. But I agree with Steve. I'm not sure that any U.S. player uh, will saddle up five times. Hmm. There's speculation that John Rahm may go five times. Right. He's another guy super physically fit, you know, probably wouldn't have a big issue with uh, playing all that golf. But those two guys, and maybe uh, Hovland also, uh, they'll they'll get leaned on more so than some of the other European players. Hmm. uh, uh, We've got the rankings. We have the, uh, you know, I wanted to look at the, just as you talk about, it's a hilly course, right? Is that what you said? Now, you know, is not Rome the uh, built on seven hills? And this is outside of Rome, correct? It's like 20 miles outside. 20 miles, okay. So, uh, it, it, have you all seen pictures of it? Have either one of y'all seen? I've seen some video on it. Yeah. You know, you, it's, it's funny. The, uh, the the last Ryder Cup in Europe was played at a venue near Paris, Le Golf National or something <laughs> like that. And the Europeans uh, won so decisively that a lot of speculation has emerged that they are going they picked this course and they altered it just to make it more like this French venue where they were so successful. 
And so I think that's part of their game plan as well. You know, you know, a lot of side hill lies, a lot of funky contours and stuff mm. like that. Maybe that's where we do well. And so they're going to try to repeat that uh, because it worked so well for them the last time. How many different players do we have since uh, 2019? Since Paris? Yeah. Oh, probably quite a few. I mean, but uh, we got like four brand new players on each team this year. So. But to me, the, the players on each side are mirror images of mm-hmm. each other more than they have ever been. Uh, especially at the top. I mean, Europe has, you, you go down the line, Roy McElroy, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Matt Fitzpatrick, Terrell Hatton, Fleetwood, Strzokin, and then Rose has been there. They're, they're as good as any player um, that we have. And we've got Scheffler, Cantley, Shoffley, Homer, Harmon. That's it. That first six, they're, they're the qualifiers. Um the statistics and analytics say that if you win the foursomes play, you have a better chance of winning uh, the Ryder Cup. But I, I don't care how they set the course up. There's some drivable par fours. There's some hills. It's going to be hot. These players are so much alike. It, it, it always comes down, and I think John will verify this, who makes the putts. Mm-hmm. Um, how about Kepka? How, how's he? I mean, uh, he hadn't played as much this year as these other guys, well, obviously. Played very well earlier in the year. But I just think he, you know, when he's not in a major, he just kind of zones out. Do you think he considers this a, a major type of an event? He's saying the right things, yeah. but he's, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know him very well because almost all of his, you know, the glory days of his career have all come after, since I've been not covering golf and mm-hmm. not talking to the players and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I think he's kind of a little bit of a low blood pressure guy. Um, I'm not sure how psyched up he will be for the Ryder Cup, but we'll see. You hope so. Uh, why don't we take a pause and we'll talk about a couple other things I'd like to go, and that is the uh, our players. And you talk about how well they're matched up, Steve, and uh, you look at the breakdown of how they're ranked. Uh, what is the GWGR exactly? O O W G R exactly? Official World Golf Rankings. Oh, these are the rankings. I'm not sure if it was the go- how they lined up in in Ryder Cup points, but this is the official World Golf. Right. Okay, that, that makes course. that makes it easier to understand and better for to, to talk easier to talk about in that sense. All right, stay with us. We shall return. Steve Isaacs, John Marcon here, and we're talking Ryder Cup, which begins tomorrow morning at one. Th- excuse me, yeah, well, yeah, tomorrow morning. 135. I was talking 40-some hours. Hell, what am I talking about? Day's Thursday. I think it was Wednesday. We've got uh, exactly, what, uh, 16 hours till it tees off. Well, tomorrow this time, you will be well into the uh, football matches. Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah, probably, probably through nine holes of the yeah. match. Yeah, we'll turn it on when we get here. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, stay with us. We shall take a pause and return with John Marcon and Steve Isaacs talking about the Ryder Cup. Don't touch that dial. Feel free to call in 327-0888. Last season came to an abrupt end for your favorite squad in the NL East. This year's Brave squad is poised to rectify the past and bring home a second World Series title in three years. Hear every moment with us here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves in Richmond. 1061 ESP.
Thank goodness it was water, right, John? We're here. Uh, <laughs> who would have been the who's the best Ryder Cup player of all time? Uh, for us, I agree that it's Lanny Watkins. Uh-huh. Uh, you talked about that, yeah. Uh, for them, I would go. They have so many titans. Uh, Sergio uh, Garcia has the most points for them, yeah. but he doesn't always dominate. Uh, I would probably go with. Gosh, Colin Montgomery was a great player for them. Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire, but he was <laughs> in the Ryder Cup. There was no doubt in his fire. He uh, he was pretty good. Uh, the Ballesteros was the guy who kind of like made the event, yeah, uh, by uh, by his focus on it. But I don't have any problem nominating um, Landy Watkins. He doesn't have the best record, but all those guys who played back in the Palmer Billy Casper era, they all have great records yeah, because we whipped because their butts every year. The score was like nineteen <clears throat> to twelve, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we we had a, a bunch in the fifties and sixties of. Really one-sided Ryder Cups, and players from that era have tremendous career records. Yeah, that's true, because it's Britain and Ireland. Uh, uh, Corey's on with us. Corey, uh, go right ahead with your question, if you would. Hey, good morning, guys. Really enjoy the insight and analysis, as always. And uh, I just had a question um, on uh, Wyndham Clark stirring the pot a little bit. His, uh, well, your thoughts on his remarks with Roy McElroy? I mean, he said Roy's the best in the world, and uh, much respect for his game. But Wyndham Clark, if he could pick someone, he'd want to play Roy, and he thinks he'd have a good chance to beat him. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I saw that uh, interview, and I have no problem with it whatsoever. I mean, whether it's tactful or whether it gives fuel to the fire for the Europeans, that's exactly the way he feels. Whether he should have said it or not it really is, is the only question. And I don't know, maybe it puts more pressure on Roy. And I, ho- I hope in the singles he does get to play Roy because it's, it's a toss-up. Um, and sometimes I think the rookies have an advantage. They just, they're not affected by the pressure as much as the other guys. The other guys have been there and they start to think it, like John has been talking about, that the, the cup is more important than it is. And the rookies, oh, this is fun. You know, this is, I'm glad to be here. I want to play Roy McElroy. And you know, and then some people, some people say, uh, you know, you may get what you uh, wish for. Um, so yeah. I don't, what, I don't particularly want to play Roy McIlroy, but uh, <laughs> I think Wyndham can. Wyndham Clark is a key player for the U.S. team. Uh, we're, I'm sure, counting on him to play the same kind of golf he played when he was winning the U.S. Open. Uh, since he has not played in a Ryder Cup or a Presidents Cup or any of these international match play events. It's hard to peg how well he's going to do, but I'm sure that Zach Johnson's counting on Wyndham Clark to be one of his bellwether-type guys. And we'll see if he can do it. If he's confident, if he's already uh, you know, throwing down the, uh, the, uh, the gauntlet in front of Rory McIlroy, well, maybe that's what he needs to do to get ready to play. I agree. and He also commented later on that uh, on the fact that Europe played all the Europeans played in the BMW Championship last week. And uh, they might become mentally fatigued as the week goes on just because Ryder Cup's mentally challenging, physically challenging. And y'all touched on the courses hilly and 
it's going to be hot. He said they could be leaking oil by Sunday afternoon. Well, that's just one of those things I think like, uh, is it a good idea to have time off before the playoffs in a team sport? I mean, if it's over and European win, Europeans win, people are going to say, wow, that was because they all the players tuned up at this event the week before the Ryder Cup. They were all sharp while the U.S. was idle and resting. But if U.S. wins, it's like, well, maybe next year we won't tire our players out by having them play the week before. Uh, it's one of those things where after it's over, uh, whomever you know, whomever wins will determine the flow of that argument. But the, but the BMW was a week and a half ago. <clears throat> I'm not so sure that's relevant. I do understand Wyndham's point in that regard, and he might be correct in that air, air players are more rested. Uh, they practice more on their own uh, as opposed to <clears throat> in, in a competition. But that tournament ended a week ago this past Sunday, so I really don't think that that's relevant. Yeah, Corey, thanks for the call. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you. This thing is very uh, good uh, article in the paper today, and it really focuses on Lanny Watkins and and uh, how he was. Azinger said he was the, uh, the the last true Ryder Cup stud, and others have made great comments about Lanny Watkins. Even Curtis Strange said he was physically, emotionally invested in the Ryder Cup. That means a great deal to him. He was twenty eleven and three. And just uh, good things were said about him in this column. I was reading a little bit of that. Well, Lenny was a great Ryder Cup player. Yeah, evidently. I mean, there it is. I, I saw that in the past. I didn't get a chance to read that yet, but I want to I read it all. Uh, we have five of the top ten. Scheffler, Cantley, Shoffley, Homa, uh, Harmon, and Clark. Six, excuse me, six of the top ten. They they cut off at, at eighth. McElroy, Rahm, Hovland, and Fitzpatrick. Then they got... Uh, uh, Hatton, who's 11th right outside, and then McIntyre at 55. Whereas between 11 and 55, we got Spieth, Kepka, Morikawa, Burns, everybody else, Thomas and Fowler. They're, I mean, Fowler's never played a Ryder Cup, has he? No, he he's, he's played, played a few times. Has he? Okay. Um, they've got guys that are you know 22. This is their world ranking, 34, 37, 8. But you say it doesn't matter. They're all they're all tip of the spear. They're all tip of the iceberg here. Um, which of our guys? Which do you think of our guys will uh, be will have the best Ryder Cup? Well, if it's me, I'm looking at the guys that I consider the <clears throat> they're the most natural golfers. They're not playing swing thought. They're playing golf. They just seem to. Uh, go out there and play, and 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 I've picked four of them: uh, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, Brooks Kepka is one of them, mm-hmm. and Brian Harmon. They all have different swings. Uh, it's it's not the conventional Adam Scott like perfect swing. They're kind of homemade, especially <laughs> Brian Harmon. Uh, he's left-handed. I, I I love the way he goes at it. If you saw him on the first tee at your local uh, club, you might want to get a bet with him because. <laughs> It's, it's little not, guy. He's yeah. not really physically impressive. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, but he's a great player, or he's been playing great for the last several months. Uh, I think one guy, if the U.S. wins, is going to be really key. We already mentioned William Clark. I think another guy is Sam Burns uh, because he's a great putter. And uh, apparently he's a great putter on any kind of green that uh, exists anywhere in the world. He doesn't need Bermuda or whatever to be good. Uh, and so I think if you see a big U.S. and he's going to play with Scheffler a fair amount, uh, they're friends. They like to play together. Yeah, he and, and was it Justin Thomas? You're saying? Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Sam Burns is probably the closest thing we got now on tour to a, a great old player like Lauren Roberts, the old boss of the Moss, who was just 
too good at putting uh, to leave off a team like this sometimes. I mean, you got to have great putters, and we have Shoffley, we have Sam Burns, we've got other guys who Spieth, we got other guys who can really stroke it on the greens, and mm-hmm. if they adapt well to this Italian course, uh, I think we'll have a great Ryder Cup. It might not be enough to win, but I think we'll play very well. Uh, if they have trouble putting, then, you know, funky things could happen. All right, we've got a couple calls to get to. We'll give them each two minutes. Two minutes to get your question. All right, Junior, you're up. Yeah, you know, it's amazing when you go back and think about all the players that have played in the Ryder Cup. Probably the best, most formidable. I want you in my foxhole is none other than a Richmond native, Lanny Watkins. I think that says a whole lot about Richmond, Virginia, and the, and golf from Richmond, Virginia. I, uh, I agree with you 100. percent And I don't want <clears throat> to. The the other fiercest competitor that I ever saw that he didn't become professional, but he's from Lynchburg is Vinnie Giles. And yeah, I, I haven't seen anybody as competitive as uh, Vinny and Lanny uh, anywhere in my lifetime that that I was familiar with, and I think John can comment on that too. Well, Virginia's got a great uh, golf history, uh, going back to Sam Snead, uh, who was uh, unbeatable on his best days, I think. And uh, yeah, I uh, the fact that uh, it's been a while since we developed. A really good player here in Richmond. I mean, uh, we had that group there with the Watkins brothers and Robert Wren, who was on tour for a while. But uh, I'm kind of hoping that in the next few years we'll have some more golf talent emerge here. But, yeah, Lanny Watkins, still a legend at Meadowbrook Country Club and uh, a whole lot of other places around town. Uh, Junior, you got 40 seconds. Go ahead. Yeah, I, was, I was at the Hollows yesterday, and we had 96. High schoolers up there playing on at the hollows yesterday. So, you know, that's uh, very, very, very encouraging. And I want to just put a little thing into the VSGA to help, you know, promote the, the, the junior uh, golf and all, and especially uh, girls and stuff. Last thing, what is your overall feeling? Look, I, I, think, I think we're going to win. I, I think we're going to beat them by at least two. But what is, what is your kind of itchy, sketchy feeling overall? On Justin Thomas and all, I think I would rather had that. I can't remember the guy's name, and I'm sorry, but he was an old guy that could work the ball right and left and won a tournament. Right. You know, like in August, or whatever. I can't think of his name. Lucas Glover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, thank you, Hoss. We got we got to get to the next call. Uh, Lucas Glover is uh, is the guy, and, and Justin Thomas, I guess, got on partly uh, due to the fact that Scheffler. I guess he and Scheffler are good buddies. Is that who it is? I'm Who's not he so good sure bu- about that. Who's he good buddies with? Shoffley? Who is it that Thomas is good you know, friends with? You know, I know we got a caller waiting. Yeah. But I'm going to say, you know, like the uh, the day after the thing were announced, you and Steve were on, and I was listening. <laughs> and you guys were pretty rough on Zach Johnson for having picked Justin Thomas. But I will say <laughs> that in the history of the Ryder Cup, the idea that you can take a really outstanding player who's not showing good form and put him on the Ryder Cup, that's been done so many times. I mean, it's the only reason that Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson made a bunch of teams, because later in their careers, they seldom automatically qualified, and the captains had to add them. Yeah, had to. And it, it, Europe has done it, like, even more than we had. Mm. So there's really nothing unusual 
about mm-hmm. taking a high-rated player like Justin Thomas mm-hmm. and putting him out there and hoping that the Ryder Cup environment will inspire him to recover his best form. Yeah. Uh, it happens all the time. Now, if Justin Thomas doesn't play well, then Zach Johnson will have some splaining to do, as <laughs> yeah. Ricky Ricardo used to say. <laughs> they all do. Every captain, every year, every Ryder Cup's always got some splaining to do. All right, Roy, you're on. you got two minutes. Go right ahead, Roy. It won't take but 30 seconds. You you got five potential uh, rounds to play. You got alternate ball, you got match play, and you've got uh, full ball. What are the other two? Uh, uh, do you double up on them, the other two formats? No, you, you, you play two rounds of foursomes, you play two rounds of four ball, then you have one, okay, round, the match. one round of singles, and that's it. No. No. Okay. So you have okay. uh, you have uh, sixteen points in the first uh, two days, and you have twelve points on the uh, last. Day. The format for the Friday and Saturday is pretty much identical. Uh, they only think sometimes they play the four balls first, and sometimes they play alternate shot first. But uh, other than that, okay. it's it doesn't change. Thank you. Hey, you guys well, have a good weekend. Thank you, thank you, Roy. All right, let's take a pause right here. We'll come back and wrap up. Uh, with uh, Steve Isaacs and John Marcon right here, 1061 ESPN. This is Sports Phone. I'm Big Al. Robert the Bruce, other side of the glass. Stay with us. Spiders? Well, you've got them. 1061 ESPN is your exclusive radio home for all things Spiders athletics in the River City all year long. Gentlemen, all right, guys. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left. Do what? How are we going to spend them? <laughs> Strumming guitars. Well, we didn't get to everything I wanted to get to, uh, but you've got, of course, the Ryder Cup automatic qualifiers and those are chosen. And then there's a whole nother group here where this particular write-up has McElroy, Hovland, uh, Rom, one, two, three in the world, which isn't too far off. Well, this other one has Schaffler. Good golly, first, and uh, and then McElroy and Rom with Hovland fourth. Um, they've got three of the top four, and you know. But then you look at the other list. You got Scheffler, then Cantley, Fleetwood uh, is sixth. So that gives uh, the Europeans quite a little ride there. But then you come back with Shafflin, Fitzpatrick, Kepka nine. He'd be higher if he played on the PGA Tour still. Maybe. Well, you'd think so. Opinion, he'd have to play good. He's, he's got no points except for the majors. Right. I mean, he, to he'd have in. to play better. He, he can't go into that, like, uh, just kind of out there mode that he does on the live tour. All right, quickly. What's going to be the biggest surprise here? Can you do that? Can you ask that question about a Ryder Cup? Well, if it's a surprise, then maybe we shouldn't be able to think of it in advance uh i would say that uh, i would say that the uh, play of ludwig aberg the unknown european uh even even though he's very well known yeah uh, may be a big surprise uh this is tremendous pressure to put on this really young guy 
put him on the Euro Ryder Cup team when he's basically never even played in a major. Uh-uh. If he plays well, I think that could really elevate his team. Uh, on the American side... He's number 11 is one ranking. Yeah, and uh, on the American side, I think Justin Thomas is a, certainly a key guy. Is he going to be a captain's pick that just shows up and maybe he's not looking too good so they don't use him very much? Or will he bounce back and become the Justin Thomas of 2020 and 2021? We'll see. All right. Steve? I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but it will be a surprise to me if we win. So. Uh, I think that Europe has a slight advantage home team advantage plus they've got the best players i have ever seen from from top to bottom uh usually oh yeah from usually at the bottom i mean it's you've got to go deep before you find somebody that you know it's just nikolai hoyga is the only (laughs) is the only person on their team that you really haven't heard of and i think john is right Uh, ludwig is playing as well as anybody in the world Robert McIntyre is playing great. Justin Rose has proved Jeez. himself. Straka, Fleetwood, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, you can't you can't get any better than that. All right, we're running out of time, I'm afraid to tell you. Uh, Steve, what's the score of this final Sunday? Sunday at uh, noon or 1 o'clock our time, what's the score? I hate to say it, but I think it's 15-13 Euros. Mm. John, Johnny? I kind of like this one to be close. Uh, 15 to 13 certainly would be close. But I like the USA with 14 and a half. 14 and a half to 13 and a half. All right, USA, USA. All right. Uh, who will be our biggest, our best player in this tournament? Who will be the best one for the US of A? If you can say one of them will be the best. Which one do you think will be? We'll look at and say, hey, this guy really carried us. Well, I understand Scotty Scheffler is putting better, so I'll say Scotty Scheffler for the uh, USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor Hovland is playing great for Europe. Scheffler yeah, and Hovland. The top three European guys are all playing great. Uh, uh, a guy, I think, who could really emerge as a great player for us just because he loves match play and loves this event is Jordan Spieth. Spieth? Yeah, I, uh, he's uh, like he, some guys buy into the Ryder Cup and some don't. Spieth buys in. He yeah. talks about it all the time. He wraps the flag around it. I mean, this is a very important event for him. I expect him to play well. All right. And we've got uh, Esteban. You've got 15, 13 Europe. Johnny, I like yours, 14 and a half, 13 and a half US of A. I know, Steve, you're pulling for the US of A. I hope, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, it's one of those things where you hope you're wrong. All right. Well, guys, thank you very much. Uh, it's uh, we, we got to a lot of things I want to ask, but we got to some things I did not uh, get a chance to ask. Uh, but uh, we, we've got we've got a good team. I, you look at the lineup here; we have a good team, good strong team. I think. I don't. I think we always do. Well, this uh, this one seems how they're going to play in yeah. uh, Rome for three days. It would matter. All right. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Thanks to the callers. I want to thank them for calling in and asking questions. I want to thank Mike London before we get off this morning for his uh, joining us to talk a little Women Mary Tribe football. Go down to Elon, hopefully kick a little Elon button, and come on back and then get ready to play UVA. That'll be fun next Thursday talking to Coach London. And it always is, but that'll be have a little extra little bite to it, I think. And uh, Robert the Bruce, thank you for your work on the side of the glass. Tomorrow we have our NASCAR picks, and we also have uh, Mitch Tischler. 
from uh, from NBC Sports Washington at 935 to talk about the Washington Mule Skinners going to Philadelphia where they might get a can of whip but minister to them. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I like the U.S. Ryder Cup chances a little better than the commander's yeah, chances. I think so. All right, we're out of time. Thank you. Jamie King at 7 tomorrow morning. We're back at 8. Robert, thanks again. Take care. Tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock. We're your exclusive home for the Atlanta.